1: The Tampa Bay Rays took two of three from the Blue Jays winning in dramatic walk-off tiebreaker format fashion on Sunday. We'll talk all about the Rays weekend. The Bucks rookies and Tom Brady and the quarterbacks began their COVID testing over the weekend, and if they're negative, they'll take their physicals today. And the NFL and NFL Players Association reached agreements on protocols to start the season. There'll be no preseason games, but some additions to the practice squads will tell you what that means and which players. Maybe worse for that. And the Bolts are off to Canada to begin their round Robin games and then the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. No Victor Hedman. He stayed behind for some personal reasons. Stephen Stamkos did go, but he won't play in Wednesday's exhibition game. We've got real sports to talk about on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Steve, what are we going to do? We've got to talk about games. Not the practices, not the not the practices, but the games we love. What What is this game thing you talk about? What is this? <laughs> Explain this yeah. to me, please. It, it's sporting competition that actually counts. It's not just practice. Um, it's unbelievable. Yeah, we had baseball. Started, of course, over the weekend. And um, the race, we'll, we'll talk all about them. But, I mean, in general, it was, it was so liberating. And I think, you know what it is? I mean, as much as we, we of course, our jobs are in sports and we love sports, our whole lives. Um but in addition to that, I think it's that you could plan something. And here's what you could plan, to watch an actual sporting event. It was like you had something to look forward to at the end of the day or during the day. Um WNBA got started. I mean, there's a lot of things going on now and of course hockey is uh, you know, a, what a week from today. They'll be starting the round-robin tournaments, right? Yeah,
0: the NHL games for real start Saturday. The Lightning's first game will be a week from today.
1: That's just, I mean, it's so exciting to think And it's everything, the NBA, it's everything all at once, but I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it, and hopefully, because we can get into this a little bit, there's been some sobering results, at least in baseball. Did you see where the Pittsburgh Pirates, or I'm sorry, the the Miami Marlins, uh, had to stay, um, are they in Philadelphia? Is that who they played? Yes, they were. Yeah, they played the Phillies. Yeah, they played the Phillies. Yep. Okay, so they were uh, they were in Philly, not Pittsburgh. But the Marlins had to stay back. They had about, I think they had three guys test positive, trying to figure out who else might have been in contact. Um, you know, obviously, the Phillies will, will, ha- will be interested to see, you know, if they have some positives. But already starting to affect the travel, right? And, and mm-hmm. whether these guys have to be quarantined uh, and, and cannot come back, may have to stay where they're at up there in Philly for a few days. So. Um, the NFL had, uh, six players, I think of the rookies around the league, uh, that came in to be tested. Uh, that would have been last Thursday and they were going to test again on Saturday. So you had uh, six that appeared on the transaction list, no Buccaneers yet, which is good news for the Bucs. Uh, considering the number of rookies that that reported six is not a huge number and we don't know who was symptomatic or asymptomatic, but, um, did see Tom Brady though. Did you see the uh, video of him? I think ABC had it. Of him wheeling up there on uh, I think it was Thursday afternoon maybe. Yeah. Uh Thursday or Friday he's I, ready. Well, I guess? He's ready. He's ready. Yeah. Year number 21. And the question
0: is were they testing the whole time when they were working out at Berkeley Prep? Did you did you get Don't, pictures of that? Did you get pictures no, of the No, I did not.
1: I did not And and frankly, you know, with Tom and his immunity pills and the TV12, um there's really no reason to if they're all if they're all dialed into that, so have
0: we asked asked Doctor Fauci if TB12 is a, uh, a vaccine have for COVID nineteen?
1: No, we have not. I I know but there was speaking hydrochlorine- of hydrochloronic, and there was uh, oh boy, <laughs> just a little outside, uh-huh. huh? a little bit.
0: Yeah, he was uh, flattening the curve by himself. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, but I'm bummed. That was too easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he made uh, he made Fifty Cent look like Nolan Ryan there for a minute. I
0: realize that Doctor Fauci's busy and he's got lots going on. So, yeah. but if I'm going to throw out a first pitch, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to practice a while before I'm going to make Did sure. I mean, you may not I, you may not throw a strike. You may bounce it a little short. You yeah, might yeah. be a little high. Maybe a little bit outside. I'm
1: not going to get to first it.
0: base or third base <laughs> or what. I mean if If I can't throw a baseball, I'm not accepting the invite.
1: Well, now, did I read that he actually played catch with his wife or his daughter or somebody like beforehand and in, in in advance of this? Like this was not, I mean, maybe that night it was the first day he threw a ball. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I, if like I said, if I'm ever getting an invite for throwing out a first pitch, I'm going to make sure I can I can do it well before. And like I said, well, you'll I'm not be saying it'll up. be a strike. but it, No, no, you know, you'll get it there. I'm yeah. not going to 50 cent it. I'm not going to Dr. Fauci it. I'm not going to, you know, the mayor of Cincinnati did one like that once, so, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just can't do that bad.
1: There's some famous ones, 50 cents. One mm-hmm. Car- oh, yes. Car- Carly Ray Jepson. remember oh, that yes, one? Yes, absolutely. That was at the Rays, right? Yes. I'll tell you one people forget, because I thought it was hilarious, if you know him, <laughs> is Greg Sciano had just been named the head coach of the Buccaneers, and they put him out there. And, you know, Greg's, you know, kind of out of central casting, you know, the kind of like, you know, yoked mm-hmm. up linebacker coach type. And he gets out there, and he's going to throw from the mound, which is, by the way, a mistake. Okay? Yes. If you're going to throw out the first pitch, do not climb up on that hill where the rubber is and no. think, having never been elevated like that, and think that you're going to get anywhere near where you're trying to throw the ball, stay on the grass, stay in the cutout, right there in the front. Nobody's going to laugh at you if you're not 60 feet, 6 inches. This is not a real game. Uh, and and just throw it on from flat ground. Okay, that's the first thing. But, you know, Greg, being the athlete that that I'm sure he always was, he decides he's not just going to throw it, but he's going to throw it hard, right? Mm -hmm. Like somehow velocity got into his head, and I don't know why, but it did. So, you know, my goal would be just make it there, right? If you could just like maybe not skip it, that would be cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But not Greg. Greg gets on the mound, and he winds up, whatever you call it, and he muscles one. I swear to you, I, I think it was Madden that was catching that day. Because I think just, you know, out of deference to another head coach. Yeah. This ball, and you know how far the backstop is. This thing went over Madden's head <laughs> and hit hit the backstop on the fly hard and high up on the screen too. Not like it hit the bottom right, of the screen. Right. I mean high up on the screen. Like I mean, he uncorked this thing. I've never seen a ball throw harder <laughs> and more like higher than 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 Greg threw it that day. I'll never forget it. It was crazy. Well then you had Guy I Boucher,
0: just, if you remember his first
1: I don't did he use the stick? He used the, the hockey, hockey stick and, and nailed brilliant. it.
0: Brilliant. Hit the catcher, perfect.
1: That's brilliant. Yeah. And and probably really hard to do, yeah. right? But yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah. You know, stay in your element. But yeah, there's been some really bad yeah, Fauci that was <laughs> couldn't flat <laughs> couldn't flatten that curve, I I guess. Um yeah, I saw that. I saw the replays of that, I should say. Yeah. Donald Trump has decided not to throw out the first He was going to throw out a first pitch at the Yankees game, I think, and he's decided not to do that. So we'll have to wait till later in the year. I guess he's a little busy with everything else going on. But anyway, um, there were some first pitches thrown over the weekend. Uh, the first pitch for the Rays, and I thought this was a good decision, you know, having Charlie Morton as your ace. What do I know? Um, you know, and Charlie was, was bittersweet about, you know, the fact that he was – First opening day start he's ever had in his career. Um his family couldn't be there. That was a bummer. But uh nonetheless honored to do it. And then he went out there and kind of laid an egg. Gave up six runs. Um was not as as sharp to say the least as he needed to be. Uh what was it? Kevin Biggio had the three run homer. I mean, Kevin Biggio, yep. Yeah, that separated the game there for him pretty early. So well, don't forget I mean, last
0: season. Now, you know, last season Blake Snell went out there, lost to Verlander five to one. Yep. And the Rays started one 1. They win the next three against Houston.
1: They That's go right. on
0: to have what? They start 11 and, and 3. They started uh, 13, four. yeah, four, 13 and 4.
1: Yeah. 14 4. Or 14 4, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, losing the first game doesn't mean the season's over. Uh, as uh, No, thank God. One of our regulars tweeted us that, uh, you know, the Rays were on pace to lose 60 games.
1: <laughs> well, in a, in a normal year, that would be good. Yeah. 102 right? and 60. 102 and 60. Yeah. Sign me up. Um, they used to say, you know, every team loses 60, every team wins 60. It's the 40 in between that, that determine where you go, right? So, um, yeah, so they – I mean, it, it, there is this thing, though, and, and I could feel it. I don't know if the players do. But the fact that you only have 60 games, what do they say? Every game's worth 2.7 mm-hmm. uh, in, in a normal season, what yeah. the, what it would be, because you're only playing 38, 37, 38%, 38% of the Al- season.
0: Although I don't know if that holds true this year now because you're putting 16 teams in the playoffs that's another thing that's happened that's
1: true that happened over there and I like you know what and this is something that may stick I think I'm not sure if baseball of course they're doing it for this year to add some playoff revenue and some television revenue and that's ultimately
0: well to determine if it sticks if it's worth it to the networks to pay extra for
1: so what it is is the first two teams in each division are in the playoffs So you have incentive, you know, to win the playoffs, because if you do win your division or to win your division, if you win your division, your first series, which is uh, best of what, five? Best of three. Best of three. I'm sorry. Your first series, best of three, is entirely in your ballpark, your home ballpark. Yep. So that's the incentive to win your division. And then. Um, but then you have the second place teams in each division, and then there's there's even wild cards after that, right? Yep, there'll be two wild cards. Teams. So the top two yeah. in
0: each division, then the top two teams outside of that, right, make, make the playoffs. The first there's you know best of three series for everybody, mm-hmm. so nobody gets a bye. Like in the right. past with the wild card, you had the wild card play a game, right, while the division winners all waited and right. you know for that weekend to play. Now everybody's playing. It's the best of three, but the home team in each series gets all three games at home.
1: I like it. Don't you like it? I like it. I think so.
0: Um you're going to see some below 500 teams make the playoffs sometimes. You think and, so? And sure. I mean 18 I mean, look, you've got 30 teams. Yeah, over, so ha- only 12, over half half the only teams, 12 won't make uh, 14, it. 14 yeah. 14 won't make it. But okay. Yeah, I mean, so you've got 15 in each in each league, 8 teams are going to make it, 7 aren't. Yeah. I mean, let me just go back to last year's standings here. So let's see. In the American League, Houston, the Yankees, and Minnesota won the divisions. Oakland, Tampa Bay had the the wild cards. Cleveland would have been a second place team. Boston would have been a third place team at 84 and 78. Texas would have been the next team at 78 and
1: 84. Okay, so there's one.
0: They were six games under. In the National League, um, looks like Arizona would have been the last team at 85 and 77. So I guess one last
1: year would have been under. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. not too bad. Yes. But that may happen, you're right. You may get teams with losing records and that you know, that can happen in the NFL. I mean, the the big fear when the NFL went to these uh, um you know, added the divisions in '02 or reduced, you know, well, they they changed they had, you know, mm-hmm. changed all the divisions around when you created the NFC South, the NFC North and all that. The the big the big scare was is that you were going to have a division winner um with a sub 500 record and it's happened a couple times. Mm-hmm. Where you had some teams uh, win their division Carolina did one year at seven and nine yep um, but you know what uh, you just kind of grin and bear it that year you know what I mean um, some divisions are harder than others, some seasons and some are some have, have worse teams, but no I'm, uh, I'm all for expanded
0: playoffs in baseball, and mm-hmm. I've said for years, let's shorten the season to you know 130, 140 games and let's make make it a two-month playoff like every other sport does you know the yeah. NBA and NHL let's make several best of 7 series and let's you know let's let's make the playoffs exciting right. um, i'd like to shorten the regular season and make the playoffs a lot longer i don't know if it's 8 teams is the right number maybe it is and i'm okay with it but mm-hmm. let's not do these best of 3 let's do best of 7s and let's make it longer and shorten the regular season
1: yeah well it may come to that i mean again you know i think we're going to learn to to do a lot of things different with this pandemic including um you know, Mm -hmm. including postseason and things like that. Game two um, was the one that the Rays finally uh, got even, and Ryan Yarborough was fantastic. Five in the third innings, shutout, four hits, um, had command, good command. The Rays win four to one. Brandon Lau uh, with the go-ahead two-run triple on that one, and um, I guess the first game uh, maybe that he played – the first couple of bats uh, this is the thing about no crowd right that if you're anywhere in the building or even on tv although tv i i watched all these games obviously on tv i couldn't i wasn't there um but i i think i like what they did with the you know sort of the ambient crowd mm-hmm. noise and, and and even the elevated noise when it when it mattered but i guess when you're in stadium and you say something <laughs> everybody hears it like there's no noise in fact uh a manager got – we had our first ejection, I think, uh, over the weekend. And it was because, you know, you hear everything they say. Um, they didn't get within six feet of each other. It was funny the umpire had to put his mask back on to toss him because um, the manager came out a few steps. But, you know, this, this is what's going to happen. But Brandon Lau um, with the, the go-ahead two-run triple – So the Rays drew even there. They really didn't hit very well all the weekend. I mean, that was the story. Not not
0: with runners in scoring position.
1: No, no, not at all. And uh, they had plenty of chances in uh, really both games. Um, But they managed to get the pitching with Yarbrough in the bullpen, which is spectacular throughout the entire series. And then game three, um, you know, the the Jays jump out. The Rays weren't hitting at all. And the Jays jump out. They get a three-run fourth inning. Um, well
0: Snell struggled before that he only pitched two yeah he only pitched two innings he he wasn't pitching very well
1: what at 48 pitches I think he had like gave up four hits um no runs yeah a couple walks so all right so here's the thing like when Charlie Morton goes out there and lays an egg and Blake Snell can't get past the second inning should you be concerned or do you just say Look, they're so deep at pitching, look what their bullpen did. It's okay. These guys are gonna are gonna ramp it up. They haven't had a much enough time to build up really to build up innings.
0: Well ask me tonight after Glass now pitches, then I'll tell you if I should be <laughs>
1: <word. laughs> Right. Because we were all touting, oh, you got Morton and you got Snell and you got Glass now. It turns out Ryan Yarbrough was the deal, <laughs> you know? Who had him in the pool? Um but he he was fantastic, you know. I mean it's kinda like you see what Henderson did? Like on opening day, the Cubs pitcher uh, had a nine-inning nine, nine inning complete game shutout, and he went over 100 pitches. That's insane. Dan,
0: I mean, you don't even see that in a, in a you know a normal season, midway no. through the season. When pitchers are stretched out, you don't see that.
1: Much less opening day. I think it was the first time the Cubs had had a complete game opening day shutout since 1974. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it is rare, and getting rare still um but yeah you're right uh you know again the bullpen was heroic and 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 to be honest toronto should have run away with this game they had the three-run fourth inning um they should have added on they didn't um somehow the rays you know got in and out of trouble and in and out of jams the rest of the way um but they were still you know this game came down to uh the the rays they you know they well first of all let's talk about g-man Choi and his home run from from the as a right-handed batter. No, no, no.
0: G-Man's left-handed. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, well, not anymore. Apparently, and I don't know when this happened. I guess he used to switch hit. He said mm-hmm. five years ago he was he was swinging from that side. It's been that long since he's done it, I think, in a game. Yep. Um, he, he did it some
0: he, during the summer camp.
1: Yeah. And then spring training 2.0, right? Yep. Yeah, And, I mean, he hit it to the deepest part of the park. I mean, he hit it out towards, you know. No, the Rays are so versatile uh, oops, they can sorry.
0: make you into a switch hitter. I mean, that's just how versatile yes, the Rays really. are. really
1: – in fact, he changed – and we'll get to this later, but he changed uh, within an at-bat from left to right.
0: Yes, which <laughs> I, you're not allowed to do, I don't believe, except for they changed the pitcher <laughs> because he was hurt.
1: Because he was hurt, right. right. Yeah, you can't do it during an at-bat just out of the goodness of your desire. But, yeah, because um, Ken Giles got hurt. But, anyway, so here they are. They're down, you know, two runs – with two out in the ninth and nobody on, okay? It's curtains, man. They're headed for sure. They're going to Atlanta one and two, right? Which is a bummer because you got to get off to a good start. We've talked about this. The Yankees took, uh, what, two out of three against the Nationals, so they're right at the top of the division. Um, You know, you you need to try to keep pace. I mean, you you don't want to have that kind of start, especially at home. And, I mean, this game... They just had no life, but, you know, they, they battled and battled and they, they got some, uh, you know, they got some, some hits and some luck I thought, but um, you know, they pinch hit Hunter Renfro with Joey Wendell, by the way, Hunter Renfro kind of a, kind of a tough start for him so far. He can swing and uh, miss with the best of them, man. Oh my gosh. Kenny, he's got a big strikeout guy. So Joey Wendell uh, laces one over the bag there for a double. And then Giles got hurt. I mean, he was out there, and it was weird, Steve. It was like he couldn't find the strike zone with anything. Like, he tried breaking balls. He was spiking them. Fastballs, he was, you know, the catcher had to stand up to catch a few. Um, he was as, he was just like he didn't – like he had the yips almost. Like something was wrong, and it was. It turns out he was hurt. Um, they had to come get him. And, uh, you know, in the middle of an at-bat, and that was, um, you know, the, the at-bat that uh, – I guess that he switched sides yeah, and it was um, G- man was G- man yeah. switched, switched yeah. sides and he ended up getting a walk but uh, so that was that was bad obviously for Toronto and a bad sign um, but it you know it comes down to uh, they, they walk in a run so it's four to three and then Brandon Lau's up and uh, against the left-hander and he hits he hits a ball that I, I think that it had uh, Vladimir Guerrero jr. not dove for it and just gone to first they got the shift on. Well, it's a, going to the second baseman. A first baseman and,
0: with more experience probably goes straight to the bag. He knows the second right. baseman's playing the he's shift. Out he's got that that's ball. Right. But right. yeah, Guerrero didn't know it or, you know, inexperienced. So he's, you know, I can get this ball. I'm diving for it. Yeah. And, and the pitcher who had a funky delivery, he didn't get a very good jump on it.
1: Now he's left handed. He falls yep. off the mound to the wrong side. So he didn't get a good jump. And credit Brandon Lau for hustling. He didn't beat it by much, but he dove into first base. And so that ties the game. So you're thinking, wow. What an incredible comeback. And, um, you know, the other thing was, I was thinking with the left-hander, even though Lau had had a couple of doubles, that maybe he'd pinch hit there, right, with uh, Brasso or somebody like that. Um, but he left Lau up there, and so he gets the single to tie it. So now we come to the fun of the weekend here, okay? Now, we've, we, they've talked about this. They had one in a game earlier, uh, I think, uh, during the week. But this is the first one the Rays have been involved in. So when you go to extra innings during this 60-game COVID season, you start with a runner on second base and nobody out. So the last hitter and the last person to make an out in the lineup, that, that player or that spot starts at second base, right? And that was one of the things that Kevin Cash I didn't think accounted for very well <laughs> um, because they ended up with a catcher, <laughs> Kevin Smith, at second uh, because he had gone into that slot um and and even even you know I I mean it was funny because Cash was funny he goes you know you you think about all these things and then it happens really fast and you realize that um there's a lot of different well normally you would
0: put you want to put your catcher that you're inserting in the game in the the spot that just made the last out that's what you want to do in a game
1: of course that's what you've done
0: course. for you know since 1973 with the DH that's what you do. But,
1: they had used the two catchers right. previously, so they, it wasn't like they could pinch run because Kevin Smith no, exactly. went into that spot. So there's no way they could pinch run. They wouldn't have a catcher. So obviously they put Smith out there, and he's not the fastest guy. Um, well, before we get to Kevin Smith, I mean, Toronto takes the lead. Um, you know, they end up at what looked like a, a, a cot stealing at third base. Replay shows that he's safe, and they get a sack fly. So now they're up again, um, this time 5-4. to four. Um, So Kevin Smith is at second um then you have a walk uh, and then uh, they make some pitching changes i guess uh, yamaguchi's out there um and then kk comes up and i mean kiermeyer is one of these guys that has had big moments for the Rays. i mean he really has mm-hmm. but this series was not one of them <laughs> until this at bat because 0
0: for 11 going into that bat. 0
1: for 11 i believe over 10 0 for 11 he had not had a hit and he says and i look out granted i didn't watch every at bat that he had over the weekend he says that he had some good at bats. he hit the ball at some people I'm sure he I'm sure he probably did um, but he had grounded out I think two or three times the second in that game already, and when he came up, my first thought was, okay, do something <laughs> you know i mean you're you're supposed to be one of their marquee players, right you're the guy one of the few guys that might be in the lineup mm-hmm. more days than not um you know and, and and they got you down in the order they're not batting you. You know, in the top four or five, I mean, you're down there for a reason, so do something. And he did. Um, he had a 2 0. First of all, he had a 2 0 count on him. And at that point, because of the control problems that uh, Yamaguchi was in the game, I thought, hey, take this pitch, right? Don't, don't help this guy out because clearly they're on the ropes as a staff right now. But he didn't. He got kind of a cement mixer breaking ball or whatever, and he rips it down the line for a double. A triple. Um, he actually touched triple, third. So but,
0: it's a walk off triple.
1: Did they give him a triple yes. though? Because I heard they scored it a double at first. Yeah, but I, regardless, I,
0: yeah, I did watch him. He did touch third, so
1: yeah, well, he definitely touched third. But regardless, Jose Martinez um, was chugging. Yeah, the, <laughs> the box scored. score has a triple. Okay, good. Then they they get, did give him a triple. Yep. So Jose Jose Martinez scores from first base, um, and he's not known for his speed to say the very least. Um, Cash was funny about that. He says he's out there, you know, breathing pretty hard and uh, and on his third bottle of water or whatever, but. Uh, he manages to score, so it's a walk off for KK, who knew immediately his last walk off. And this will tell you something. Kevin Kiermaier's last walk off uh, hit of any kind was 2015. Wow, is that unreal? Yeah, yeah, that really says something to me. I mean, I'm sure he's been in that situation many times. Um, but yeah, that was his last his last walk. But it was a big one. It was a really big win for them. And um, hey, you look, know, because two,
0: two and one's a lot better than
1: one and two. Way better. Way better. Going to Atlanta, who's a pretty good ball club. They're bashing the Mets. Well, Atlanta
0: by the way, comes the here end. first. It's two here and then two in Atlanta. So they're playing oh, actually four happens? games against okay. Atlanta this week. So I got you. Starts okay, at the so drop got- and then goes to, to uh, Truist Park, I think is the new name. Well, I would
1: park. feel better about that then. I didn't know. I thought they were going to take it on the road. But, okay, no. so they got two. But but Atlanta's a really good – I mean, they're a good ball club. I yes. mean, they're, they're a team that's that could win that division perhaps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, Washington lost. We mentioned lost two out of three to the Yankees, but they're a very good ball club. Yeah, they won the and division so,
0: last year. They had ninety-seven wins,
1: the same as the right. Rays. So you would hate you would hate to be one and two and then facing them, and especially the way they haven't been swinging the bats. I mean, the Rays still the one thing you come out of this weekend saying is like, eh, where are the you know where, where are the hits going to come from? But I think this time of year, there's probably a lot of teams. Although the Blue Jays had mm-hmm. no trouble, but there's probably a lot of teams that aren't going to hit as well in the beginning until these guys get plenty of at-bats. We didn't mention that uh, Sutsuko had a home run over Mm -hmm. the weekend as well.
0: Well, what's promising to me is that, look, this team, it's no secret, it's built on pitching and defense. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to get timely hitting and to wear the other team out. That's kind of what they do. It's what they did a lot yeah. last year. They had a lot of late inning comebacks and, yeah. and winning games late last year. They're doing the same right. thing this year too. Is they're yeah. as the game goes along, they're learning, adjusting the, mm-hmm. the, the way they make substitutions and, and pinch hitting and that. I mean, it it's, it seems like a lot of what they do works, and so far in three games, it's done the same thing. I mean, you know, the, the pitching overall was good. I mean, Morton struggled, Blake Snell struggled some, but other than that, right. it was pretty good for the weekend. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you just kind of chip away and and, and never give up. And and that's kind of what they did all last season to go to 96 wins. And, you know, so far, two and one this year.
1: I want to say, and we can look this up, but I want to say I heard on the broadcast that they won their seventh or eighth uh, extra inning game in a row. They've had a bunch of extra inning games that they've won in I
0: remember row. last season they had lost a bunch early. Like they're, right, they're, but, it, they're, but at
1: the end they got on a roll.
0: Yeah, it was, it was ugly. And then they got on a huge roll in the middle of the season. Actually, Rick, the Rays have won nine consecutive extra inning games, extending the club record, wow. which wow. was set back in 07-08. So the last season the, the Rays played a majors most and club record tying 19 extra inning games. They went 11-8. and eight. And over the last two mm. seasons they're 24-16 and 16 in one-run games yeah including twenty three and nine after a one and seven start last season, so the, those close games they do very well, and when you have the pitching and defense that's what allows you to do that
1: yeah, that same resolve that they showed last year, and of course oh eight there was a the year they went to the world series is is one that that picked up even with some new players they you know and, and the other thing I'll say about it is this, look, it's one thing when you have your home crowd such as it is first series of the year that would have been probably a decent crowd on a Sunday. And they're yelling, "Let's go, Rays!" And I know they they piped in the music. They even had some video boards saying "Make noise" and all this kind of stuff. Um, but you know, when you're watching on TV, you because they play the sound, you forget it's quiet. Like they, they have each other basically to 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 try to pull each other on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they got fired up after the win, obviously. But it's a little different, you know, when when you feel that home crowd trying to lift you in the ninth inning or the tenth inning or extra innings or whatever. These guys managed to do it just because they compete so hard, which is really, I think, a tribute to them. Now let's talk about the tiebreaker. You like it? Don't like it? Because I've played this or seen this played in youth baseball, uh, especially around tournament time, where if you get to extra innings in, in the interest of, you know, trying to not have long extra inning games and use a lot of players in a short season, especially when they haven't had much spring training, um, what baseball decided to do was to start, the extra innings uh, with a runner at second base. And it's the, whoever made the last out and holds that spot goes to second. Now there's a lot of strategy here, right? Mm-hmm. Cause obviously you could say one, I'm going to carry a guy on the roster. Okay. Who can really run. I'm going to carry a base dealer, you know, um, someone that I can use in other positions, but you know, this is going to be one of his roles is that he's going to be my guy. If we go to extra innings is going to take that spot and be the man at second. That's so you, how Kevin so you,
0: Kiermaier made his uh, major league debut. It was in game 163. And they wanted his mm-hmm. speed.
1: That's correct. And so you could do that. And the Blue Jays had a guy that could run that they put off the bench. And so that's how they started the inning. Now you could say, okay, well, we can we, – now the bunt so, – and I like this. The bunt is back in baseball, the sacrifice bunt, mm-hmm. because if you're going to start an extra inning game with a man on second and you can get him down to third with one out, then that's almost checkmate right then he scores the infield's got to come in so you got better odds of hitting with the infield in Mm -hmm. Um, a sack fly gives you the lead I mean so you want to get him to third base with less than two outs obviously so I like the fact that the bunt and that was something by the way that Kiermaier I was thinking maybe he would do with runners on first and second my first thought with Kiermaier was that well, if he hits a ground ball like he had been doing all day, he has a chance with his speed to beat the relay and maybe not get doubled off. You know, like that was the, mm-hmm. the one redeeming thing with him. But Kiermaier could have also bunted in that situation and chose not to, or anybody could have. Um, but they didn't move the right. especially with the, you know, and there was a chance that if somebody got a base hit, you know, you, you may not score a catcher <laughs> from second. Mm-hmm. So it looked it, it, it looked like they had not managed this very well, right, that they ended up. Um, you know, with with a with Smith with a slower base runner out there, Kevin Smith. Um, but all all is well that ends well. But there's you know, you you got to kind of decide like how are we going to play this, and and some of it is based on confidence in the player. Like even Kiermaier said, he goes, "Hey, I you know Cash could have easily you know 0 for eleven could have pinch hit for me there, could have done a lot of things, and he stuck with him, and he re- was rewarded for it." Um, but you—if you're thinking ahead, and there might be extra innings, you know who is that runner? Who is that pinch hitter? Who is, mm-hmm. you know, how are you going to try to put pressure on the defense to score a run? And and really, the Rays should have gotten out of their half of the inning. But Joey Wendell, um, kind of reached for a tag. The ball beat the runner by a, a bunch to third. I've never understood this, Steve. When I was playing, and this is true, and it was a hundred years ago. Whatever. I don't think baseball has changed that much. But when you're making a tag at a base like that, because I played second, so it got, took a lot of throws from the catcher. All we're taught to do or we're taught to do is just simply lay the glove down in front of the base. Like, And I recognize that it's the base is a little wider than the glove sometimes, but you'd be surprised that if, if you have time to put the glove right down in front of the base to where they actually slide into the out, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you don't want the ball kicked out. But you just put the glove down there, and if you have a good firm grip of it, it won't get kicked out. I've never had one kicked out yet. Um, so if you just put the the glove in front of the bag, right, and let the let the base runner slide into you, if he's going head first, whatever he's doing, you just move accordingly. Like you just you know he he has to touch your glove before he gets to the bag. Basically, he's out. Well, Wendell reaches, right? He get the throw beats him by a ton. But Wendell reaches, and when he does, the guy's able to get his right hand around by the time he tags him in the chest. And that that would have been unfortunate if they'd have lost that game. And it's a small thing, um, but it could have been a very costly thing as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it's it, the, the way I mean, all the blocking the plate, the bases, all that's changed over time. And they've really discouraged yeah, yes. a lot of that, too. I mean, you know, in yeah. the good old days, you'd have put your foot down or your leg down and Part blocked your the base. I mean, yeah, you, you right. had no shot to mm-hmm. touch the base that's right um you know that's the way they would have done it you know many years ago yeah so absolutely. it's all changed but yeah but now with you know but the the umpire also called it out because it was clearly the throw beat the runner
1: it beat him by. it's only ton.
0: because of replay and you know and he's behind the play so you can't fault the the umpire for that no right? no but you know with replay now now you know now we see a player hit second base pops up an inch and he's out because the tag was still on as he popped up i mean
1: uh, it's you know, bang bang this it's one was a, an obvious a yes but yeah. some
0: of them are like come on are we really overturning that for that
1: uh, i know i know it's not what the rule was intended to do and the technology is so great that it probably overturns more than it should but um but anyway you know at one point the rays were being out hit 13 to 5 and yeah. they wind up winning again bullpen was very very good jose alvarado looked good over the weekend the other thing uh, the over the, the extra
0: inning rule does too is is it affects your pitching too i mean some pitchers don't true. pitch well coming in with runners on base.
1: That's true. That's you a know, good point. Some
0: some pitchers are, are better when they have a clean clean base pass. Now clean Trent, inning. Yeah. You know, there's no momentum from a hit coming in that, you know, where it's right. you know kind of getting the momentum part, but there's there's a lot of guys that don't like to come in with with runners on, you know, base. They'd rather come in, you know, managers want them to start an inning. And you uh, know, the other now, thing now is in extra we, innings you never you never come in with a clean basis, essentially.
1: And and, and correct me if I'm wrong Steve but with, with now the new rule if if you start that think, inning with a runner on second you have to face three batters, do you not? Unless unless yes, there's an yes, injury. Yes, yes. And, and that, the run, by, reason
0: that by the way that run is not an earned run. It's considered an unearned run. It's an, it's okay. it's considered an inherited runner for stats inherited, but okay. it's not right, an earned right. it is it doesn't not, go it's against not an them. earned run.
1: So Right. But, I mean, to your point, like, you can't go lefty-righty-lefty-righty and try to get through it mm-hmm. strategically that way. Yeah, as long as – if you if you came in that
0: inning – now, if you carried over from the inning prior, right. you could then face less than that. But right. If, yeah, but if, if you are started in to the start inning, inning the, yeah,
1: you have yeah. to face three hitters.
0: Well, it, 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 if you came into the game starting that inning. If you were in the game That's last I mean. inning, yeah, if you carried over, you don't
1: have to. Right. But. Right, right, right. But if you started that inning, mm-hmm. and, and which is what – which is what was the case, um, you know, for the Blue Jays on on Sunday. So, I like I like it. It's exciting. It's sudden. It's sort of a sudden death rule in I baseball. Lo- I if love you will.
0: it. I, I saw it in the Mets Braves game on Saturday. Yeah, uh, turned that on late and caught that, and then the Rays game. I I love it. I. How do we how do we do that more of that during the the game itself? I mean, could you have a designated <laughs> inning where you could this inning I'm choosing to put a guy on second and you That's know right. one time a game or something? I mean, you know, baseball right. would never go for that, but look, it created excitement and drama. You're creating more runs. You're creating offense. You're creating you know decisions and and you know how you're playing it and managing it. It's it's to me it was exciting.
1: No, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And if you're a Rays fan, you liked it because it came out in your favor, even though. They managed to give up a run uh, in the tenth. They came back and got two in the bottom of the tenth. And so now they play Atlanta. So we have baseball. We we actually got to see games. We get to enjoy games. I thought it was good. You know, uh, the guys sounded great on TV. They sounded great on radio. Uh, you know, um, it's a shame that fans can't go. Did you see over the weekend what Fox did? Like they inputted. I was watching the. Uh, I think it was the Cubs game, if I'm not mistaken. And they would, at times, superimpose fans at Wrigley in the seats, but they they weren't mm-hmm. fans. They were they were sort of the video game version. Yeah, they're you know doing I mean? virtual. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot
0: of teams are doing cutouts. We're watching the Dodgers Giants right, right now, and they've got the cutouts right. there.
1: Yeah, which I like too. I think that's mm-hmm. that's fun. In fact, there was a guy that hit a home run the other night, and it hit a cutout and uh, ripped the guy's head off almost. It was very. <laughs> Now, it was very now do, do they,
0: you know, you paid for that cutout. So, <laughs> right. do they deliver the ball to you? Do they, do they send that ball to you afterwards? <laughs> you should. I mean, you know, that should have been your home run ball that you caught. Do they, is that part of That's when you right. buy that cutout, you get that ball?
1: You should. I mean, you really should. I mean, he, he caught it so hard that it, it, uh, it ripped the cardboard, almost took his neck off. But, uh, yeah, so. I don't know. I don't know what – there's a lot of baseballs that are in the seats these days. They go through a lot of baseballs in a game because you can't – if two people touch it or they throw it around the infield or something like that, the ball gets thrown out. So they're using a lot of baseballs for sure. By but. the way,
0: it was weird on the walk-off to see a couple guys with just individual water bottles pouring water over their heads right. instead of dumping the Gatorade bottle because they don't have the Gatorade jugs on the in the dugouts anymore.
1: Although I don't know what you made of this, but – there wasn't much social distancing there. There were hugs. There were a lot of high fives. Um, I, made, I mean,
0: I, you know, you're, look, you're traveling with this team. You're you're with the team. I they're all tested. They're all tested. You have yeah. to trust that they're making good decisions and and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. social distancing outside of that. And I mean, you know, I, you know, you're sliding into second base and you're right next to the guy. I mean, that's sure it happens. So I, I think you have yeah. to just trust your teammates at that point.
1: Well, emotions took over. So, mm-hmm. that was that was fun to see. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? We had some uh, we had some NFL news over the weekend. Uh, if you had a chance to see Tom Brady, showed up for his 24th season. I I would imagine, and I don't know this because you know he sometimes goes to the wrong house, so maybe he's accidentally pulled into into the Advent Health Care Center. It was interesting because I know the guard there, and when he pulls in, <laughs> he's asking him for his badge. I, I've been there. I've been there, Tom. I know how you feel, man. <laughs> and i, I can't and registration please yeah right i mean basically it's like do you gotta do you have your badge i do, mean that's do, what it comes do, down does gotta, tom Pola, do you know who i am i think he said it i don't know <laughs> i'm not a lip reader but it, but he did have this look and he said something like well i am tom brady um i'm in all the magazines you know it's my, my pictures right on it. the
0: side of the stadium now those went up over but the look weekend. the guys
1: at berkeley prep just wave them through that's all I'm saying. Okay, they they they're familiar with him by now, but uh, but but maybe this was his first trip over at the Advent Health Care Center. It, it very well should have been. I was going to say it's um, supposed to be. Was yeah, it? I don't. But, <laughs> but I mean, whether it was or not, I mean, I don't, you know, he, he also went over to the wrong house when he was trying to find Byron Leftwich, and Byron said as famously, "I don't know about no duffel bags," <laughs> but uh, so Tom goes in and he uh, he had his Under Armour. Uh, Do you see his Under Armour mask? Mm-hmm. One of his uh, one of his already got Under Armour's got the endorsement in the mask department there. So, um, you know, we'll find out, I guess, today, if he's able to take a physical. He'll have the results from both his tests over the weekend back by today. And if he does, then uh, he'll take his physical and, and start his 21st season. So all the quarterbacks are there. The rookies will all be in. And then um, the way the schedule breaks down, the veterans get to go through this process beginning on the 28th. So they'll take their two tests in four days because it takes a couple of days to get the results back and they have, if they pass two of those tests, then they'll take their physical next monday um and then they'll uh you know they'll be together as a full squad but there I think there's like fourteen or sixteen days of weight training and uh conditioning uh before they're even really on the field you know um does Tom then,
0: do that I don't
1: uh... I'm
0: not sure. What, weight he, training? Yeah. In,
1: well, he does he does TB12. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, he, weight training is, I don't think, part of his regimen. I think it's stretching. I think it's pliability. That's the word that goes with TB12. I'm sure that Alex Guerrero will find his way over to one buck as well. Um, and uh, so TB12 will be doing all that. I also think that, you know, not for nothing, but he's going to throw a few footballs while he's there. I just can't imagine that. Uh, I don't. Maybe some of that conditioning includes wide receivers running routes. <laughs> Maybe maybe those are the sprints that they will be doing to try to get into condition. But uh, the players look. The players didn't want preseason. They wanted a chance to you know to try to uh, get in some kind of semblance of shape. And I think it makes sense. They went through the you know the strike a few years ago. They had a lot of hamstrings, a lot of Achilles injuries, things like that. Um, so they you know they want to ease into it. Now what they do with the meetings, you know, there's this thing about the roster. They were going to go to 80 players, and I think they still are. Um, but you can have as many as 90 until like the middle of August, uh, so long as they're not all in the building at one time. So you could actually split practices if you wanted to, or meetings uh, or training you know weight training and, and conditioning. and you can actually carry uh, those extra players. I think the Bucks have 87 players on their roster right now. As far as, and I wrote about this on Sunday, you can check it out on Tampa Bay.com and, and the Tampa Bay Times. You know the cancellation of preseason is not something that uh, fans are going to be upset about necessarily because if you know anything about if you've been a season pass member or you've even just been to a preseason game you would know that they shouldn't be charging full price. In fact, I think this year is the first year the Bucks did not or were not going to. Um, But primarily they're good for they're good evaluation tools, right? They're they're particularly good for players who are undrafted or low round draft picks or guys that you know you want to see more of in game situations and you want to see them, um, against NFL players and, and, you know, even though preseason speed isn't quite as rapid as regular season speed, but it's still, you know, it's an, it's an NFL game. And so, you know, it's hard when you practice because no one tackles to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you do pull out of pro what they call pro thump. Um, it's just different. You want to see how guys, you know, first time in the big lights and, And some look. Some guys practice really, really well. They, you know, they're just they do everything right in practice. But then the the lights come on and they and they don't they don't produce. They freeze. And then other guys can look really kind of not so good in practice, but they're just gamers. You know, you find out when you put them in a game. It's like, holy cow! Does this guy play fast? You know, like he might make mistakes, but man, he's a real force. So I think there's value in preseason. The first Mm -hmm. game starters don't play very much. Tom Brady played almost none every year for the New England Patriots, although I think this year he might have played some if he had the opportunity. Second game, more or less the same thing. Third game is the one preseason game that a lot of starters will play, come back sometimes after halftime. And then by the fourth preseason game, you don't want anybody that you're going to go to to war with to be in there. Um, You're down to the last two, three spots on the roster is all you're evaluating because if you're a key backup or a starter, you don't want to play in that game. Um, ironically, you know who played in last year's fourth preseason game? Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett was still fighting for a starting job when they got to the last preseason game a year ago. But there are players that are going to suffer. The undrafted free agents, like I said, the late-round picks, they're not going to have game tape. And not just for this team, but for any team, mm-hmm. right? They're not going to have NFL game tape.
0: Well, and I wonder in this year – and I get why the players didn't want it, and, and you know, so the owners. And I get why they're okay. I mean, you weren't going to have fans in the stands anyway, and such. So, yeah. I, I get why they're not doing it. But even for high drafted rookies this year, you didn't have yes. an off season program. There Tristan were no OTAs. Worf's. Yeah, Tristan yeah. Wirfs, uh, you know, Winfield, all these guys. All of them, yeah. There was no off season program. No right. OTAs. No, no mini-camps, mini no, no, you know, right. all that stuff so you're coming yep. into training camp and you're not going to play a down of football against anyone but your own team which is never the same as no. playing somebody else no. even if it's just a, a, a scrimmage like you know we see before the preseason games now when you share practices that's better than yes than, because you know part of the goal of when you when you're scrimmaging yourself is not to hurt the other guy i mean you're not you're not going all out cuz you don't want to hurt anybody
1: Right, you're not tackling to the ground. You right. may not do that in dual practices. Here's the other thing is too, is that when you play against each other so much, guys cheat. You don't mm-hmm. get clean looks because they yep. know your plays. Yep. I mean they can't really disguise anything and so like you're cheating on stuff. Yep.
0: But I wonder, you know, how the play of rookies in in football this year period is going to be. Not just the the lower guys who who lose opportunities with this, but even the higher round guys that the first time they're going to suit up in a uniform and play a game is Week one or week whatever it is, whenever they start the season, there's well no, you had no OTAs, no all you've got is you're going to have the six week training camp or however long it ends up being, depending on when they start the season, mm-hmm. and and it's going to be it's going to be an adjustment for those guys.
1: Let's take Tristan Wirfs because you mentioned him mm-hmm. a minute ago. Okay, so he's supposed to start at right tackle. Yes. Hell, he might end up being their left tackle. Exactly. Okay, but here's the thing: those guys, you cannot evaluate or begin to prepare an offensive lineman until when they're in pads like and they're not going to have i think they may have eight to ten days of padded practices before they play their first game i'm not exaggerating it's very few um so you know just just the idea of hitting another uh defensive lineman um with pads on that's only going to happen for about a week and then they're going to have to play and where is the first game that tristan wirfs is going to play in the nfl New Orleans, the Saints. And who does he go against? Cameron Jordan, who's an absolute beast. He had fifteen and a half sacks last year. He's a three time pro bowler, I think. One of the one of the guys that would eat DeMar Dotson alive. Like that was the one he was like the one dude that mm-hmm. DeMar really struggled against. Well, that's that's the first guy, Tristan Worps. And he will have never played in an NFL game. Well, at until least at
0: least it won't be loud.
1: <laughs> well yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> We don't know if there'll be zero. He, he should or be able to hear. He should chance. be able
0: to hear Tom Brady at least. But yeah,
1: well, maybe Tom. More more importantly, maybe Tom can hear him say, "Look out!" <laughs> you know, when uh, the only oh, no. good thing if
0: Tom Tom will be watching wherever he is, and that ball will be gone long before. There's yeah, a chance he will. Of him well,
1: he'll, he'll. That's the good thing is if he's playing right tackle, he can see that one. It's the other side that he's not going to be completely. The thing about Tom Brady, you'll notice. Especially at this point in his career, more than ever, is somebody wins clean off the line of scrimmage, that thing's going in the third row. Yes, he does not. He is not going to sit in there and take a hit. Um, not so, a clean one, no. No, not a, not a not a clean shot for sure. So, well, you know that all this stuff is it, look. There's there's the the good news for for a player um, that's trying to make the roster is there are more jobs. I mean, while there's they're going to cut to eighty at some point. Um, with the practice squad, they were going to go from 10 to 12. Now they're going to 16 players on the practice squad, but not only that, um, but you can actually keep guys that have been um, in the league or have two years of accrued service can be on your practice squad, which they've never allowed, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, in fact, veterans to be on your practice squad. And then all the rules of IR, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you, you can almost put anybody, there's COVID IR obviously, but anybody who gets hurt can come back, um, you're not limited to just two or three players for recall. So they're going to try to keep these rosters full. Well, you know, the pay is different, obviously, if you're on a practice squad. But I think you know, with 14 guys plus 53 players, you know, there are, there's a lot of jobs. out There's almost 70 jobs available out of the 80 or so players you have. All right, Stephen, finally, we're going to have hockey uh, this time next week. But the Bolts are on their way to Canada, as I mentioned. They're and, already there. Um,
0: they got there last night.
1: That's right. Well, you're right. They are, they have landed. It's not that far of a flight. But they went. They left in the morning. And so, um, a little curious not to see Victor Hedman. Is that going to be? Is that a concern or is that something? So,
0: that, uh, yeah. Gillian announced on Sunday that Hedman was not traveling with the team. He would stay behind handling some personal matters. Um, okay. He's staying here with their uh, one of their strength coaches, and will continue to skate at Amalie Arena and join the team probably later this week in Toronto. So, didn't seem okay. worrisome. Uh, but he did yeah. not make the flight up there. Uh, Steven okay. Stamkos did, but he has not been practicing yet with the team in full practices, and he will mm-hmm. not play in the exhibition game, um, nor will Hedman on Wednesday. So We'll actually have a hockey game Wednesday at noon. You had some lunchtime hockey this week.
1: Love it. Uh, it's the
0: Panthers. But uh, John Cooper saying Stamkos is, uh, would love to get him in at least one of the round-robin games. Two would be better. Three would be fantastic. But they're confident he'll be ready by the time. Round one begins, which is uh, two weeks from today or two weeks from uh, tomorrow, I believe, is actually when round
1: one of the NHL playoffs will begin. It's been so long since they played anybody and they got the one exhibition game. But like, mm-hmm. I'm still torn as to like what's the best strategy, whether you, you want all your guys on the ice and just say, you know what, the hell with it. They need to play they need to play at full speed they need to play against somebody else i'm going to give these guys as money line you know as much uh, action as i can give them as many minutes as i can give them even in these playing games so they're they're at peak you know conditioning and performance for for the nhl playoffs or do you say I'm going to make sure I get to the NHL playoffs? The hell with these round robin games. Where we want to make sure we take it easy on mm-hmm. our key stars. I mean, which way do you go here, or do you well, try to thread the needle?
0: I think that I think it's I think you're going to play pretty much who you want to play. Um, mm-hmm. Although, look, if Stamkos isn't healthy, he's a veteran. Yeah, you. It's not like you need. He needs more time on the ice with his teammates in this and the other. If he's not ready, don't push him. Wait till. Wait till the playoffs and he's ready to go. If you get him and in, he'll, tell you, get him you. In he'll tell
1: you, right? I mean, he'll tell yeah. you if he. Right. Yeah,
0: I, yeah, I would think. So. Headman, too. If you want to sit mm-hmm. him out a game or two, he's a veteran, you know, 10 plus years in the league, knows the team, the system, his teammates. It's fine. And the
1: most, one, maybe the most important guy on the ice for them. Yeah, I mean, maybe. outside Vasi. Yeah, I mean, yes. you know, yes.
0: goalie's always the most important. And then, yes. you know, Headman would be number two in my list. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Those guys, but I think everybody else – I mean, what what Hedman missing the exhibition game means is one of the biggest questions of this team is who's going to play alongside Victor Hedman. Jan, Jan Ruda did it most of the year and was doing it right until he got hurt about a month before the the season ended. Or Zach Bogosian, who they signed right before the, the season ended, is he going to play next to Hedman? And I, you're going to get a chance to see both of them play in the exhibition game because Hedman's not playing. Mm-hmm. And maybe you take a, those the couple round-robin games and maybe Ruda's with Hedman one game and Bogosian is another or you know just to give them time to see which one you want to play, which right-handed shot defenseman do you want to play with Victor Hedman. I mean, that's really the one roster spot on this roster that you're, you you don't know what's going to happen game in and game out. You know that McDonough and Chernak are going to be a pair and Sergachev and Shattenkirk are going to be a pair. Mm-hmm. It's who plays with Hedman. Is it Bogosian or is it Jan Ruda? And then, of course, as injuries happen, these guys will get in. And if a left-hander gets hurt, Braden Coburn will, will slide in because the Lightning really do like a left-handed, right-handed defensive match. They don't like to put two left-handers back on the, at the same time or two right-handers. They like a lefty and a righty to get you know at the same time. So, um, you know, and, and and if you don't have Stamkos, then you've got some you know who jumps in and who plays with Point and Kucherov and and that too. So you you get some time to experiment with that against people other than yourself, like in the scrimmage. So.
1: A lot to be decided um, before they actually get to the to the Stanley Cup playoffs and those round robins seeding who your first-round opponent is going to be, which is going to be mm-hmm. key for the Lightning.
0: Well, that's the other part about the round robin is, you know, if you lose all three games, mm-hmm. you know, you're playing tough teams in
1: you're playing Washington, right?
0: Boston, and, and, and Philly. Mm-hmm. If you lose all three and Pittsburgh wins their series against Montreal, which they should win, yeah. then you're facing Pittsburgh in, in the first round of the playoffs. And I don't think Yikes. I want that matchup. No. I'd take any other team in the east of the first round than that, mm-hmm. you know, but if you win two out of three or you win all three you're going to face a team like Montreal or the Rangers teams that wouldn't have made the playoffs, barely had a shot, but because they expanded to twenty four teams with the shutdown are getting in right. and just don't have the same level of talent top to bottom on the roster as you then you've got to, you know so winning the round robin there is a big advantage to it yeah based on your opponents but if you do lose all three all hopes not lost you're still in the playoffs. so it's you know you want to win them but if 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 leaving a guy or two out to help for health wise or whatever else and you need to then you would do that
1: so you go two and one you avoid the top team and you play whoever they serve you up sure that's just the the way it goes i mean that's hockey's
0: always just you know hey just put us on the ice tell us you know when and where and we'll be there
1: yeah, you gotta go through all of them anyway. So mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Maybe it would work out that way. But the good news is, again, um, hockey on Wednesday in the afternoon against the Florida Panthers, the exhibition mm-hmm. game, yep. and we're you a week the from the
0: uh, first uh, round robin game against the Capitals. Be uh, <laughs> next Monday at four o'clock.
1: Uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be heavenly. And then you got the Rays playing, uh, hosting the Atlanta Braves um, as a uh, you know continue their sixty games in sixty six days a routine tied with the Yankees in the American League East. They're right where they need to be with that. So that's a good thing. And, um, you know, and then before long, I mean, you're going to be reading stories coming up this week and and beyond about Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting started over there. I know that at some point we'll be allowed to go over there and actually watch these guys run around. It might be a while, Um, but I know we've got a bunch of stories planned. You know, we'll make sure you check those out in the Tampa Bay Times. And, of course, we'll talk about them on this podcast later this week, we're going to have Tom Jones, my former radio partner, of course, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute, so he might join us for a couple of days. But, man, it's good to have sports back. Sports Tampa Bay, of course, has never left. We're here every Monday through Friday, but, Matt, you have to catch us now because what's not happening, right? What don't you want to hear about and discuss? And so, um, you know, we look forward to that. Also, I you know, we got good reactions, Steve, I think, from uh, the college uh, show we did with Joey and, and Matt Baker. Yeah, if you haven't listened uh, to that, week.
0: you can grab it on the archives there. Uh, we had mm-hmm. Joey and Matt at the same time talking about, are we going to have college football this year? And it's, you yeah. know, the news that every day seems to go, well, maybe we are, maybe we aren't, maybe we are. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's we're starting to get, though, down to crunch time where there are these conferences and a lot of these schools are going to have to start to make decisions. And I know that they really are. Um, I think it was Brett McMurphy and, and some others are saying it's starting to look a little less likely as mm-hmm. ultimately these decisions are probably going to come down to university presidents.
1: Presidents. That's and right.
0: They tend not to be risk takers.
1: Well, that's absolutely true, even though there's a lot of revenue involved. So whether they play in the fall or can move something to the spring or just delay the start we'll see but there's there's no no actual plan yet for sure to know how they're going to navigate all this but uh, go back and check that out because that was really a good job and a good discussion by matt and joey knight on that so uh appreciate you guys listening to us Uh, for steve versnick i'm rick stroud of the tampa bay times have a great day everybody